Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. We've been in this series, uh, if you're just joining us, called Songs of Christmas. And what we've been doing is we've just been taking a, a, a famous Christmas song and we've just been giving biblical principles, not necessarily teaching the meaning of the song. Some of it may be so, but we're, I'm not the writer, so I'm not trying to give the writer's meaning because many of them were written many, 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 many years ago. But we're just taking biblical principles out of these texts of these songs and just saying, hey, this is what, what God is saying through this what we, as we study it. And so today I want to talk to you about the song Joy to the World, Joy to the the world. And Luke chapter 2 and verse 7 really is where we get the text. It says, and he, she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were the same country and they were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were greatly afraid and then the angel said this, he said to them, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good tidings of great, of great joy. You got to be real loud because it's raining, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day, the city of David, a son, a, I mean, excuse me, a savior who is Christ. The Lord, he says, I bring good tidings to you, a one of great joy. I want to talk to you about the importance of joy in our lives. Oftentimes we live our lives thinking joy means happiness and happiness is joy. Joy is something that is so much deeper and greater than happiness. Happiness is something that we feel through external circumstances. Something happens around us, we get a promotion, we immediately become happy. You get a new car, you get happy. When you get a new boyfriend or girlfriend, you get the hibby-jibbies and you get excited, you're happy. You know, you get married, you're happy. Those are all circumstances that are external that affect the way that we feel, which is happiness, which is totally fine. God's created happiness for us to feel Happiness, yes, but joy is something so much deeper. Joy is an eternal, internal, not eternal, an internal thing that says no matter what the circumstance goes on around me, there's this calm and there's this joy that says I know that God is with me and God is in control and so I know I'm gonna be okay and everything's gonna be fine. Does that make sense? And so I wanna talk to you today, the song says, joy to the world, the Lord has come or the Lord is come. This, this song, is saying as we as we look at this the text this this angel says hey i want you to know this great tidings why is this great this great joy why because the savior has come the savior has been born the greatest thing about joy joy comes through relationship see oftentimes we think joy comes from what god gives us Joy does not come from what God gives us. Joy comes from being, the, the, being blessed to be in relationship with him. He is the joy. And so we get the privilege of walking and being in relationship with the God of the universe. And from this abiding in him, this is where joy comes from. It doesn't come from external things that God may bless us with. Yes, he does bless us with things, but that's not where joy comes from. Joy comes from relationship 
with him. The scripture says in Hebrew, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because, because God said, I will never leave you and I'll never forsake you. He'll never leave us and never forsake us. Joy is this confidence that God is with me. Joy is this confidence in knowing God is with me. We oftentimes lose our joy when we, we forget that God is with us. Something happens at work or something happens with a relationship or something happens that shakes the foundation of who we are and we can get so caught up in what's going on around us that we can forget the creator of the universe is with us. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23, the, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. His very name means he's with us. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he has sat, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Interesting that the joy that was set before him helped him, caused him to endure the cross. What was this joy that was set before him? Relationship with you and I. The joy that was set before him allowed him and caused him to be okay with the sacrifices that he was going to make because he understood that there was this relationship that he had the opportunity to, because he loves us so much, to be in with you and I if we, if we allow him to do that. And so he gives us this opportunity. So it was this joy that he said, he said, all the sacrifices are worth it. Why? Because I get the privilege to be in relationship with them. It should be the same thing with us. We get caught up sometimes in the sacrifices of things we have to do or not do in order to, to live or be a Christian. And it's so important that we understand, no, it should be that we have this joy set before us. We get to be in relationship with him so the, fact, the sacrifices don't matter. It's interesting because oftentimes we lose joy. Our joy is lost. I'll say it this way. Oftentimes our joy is lost when we get caught up looking and, and our perspective is more on the sacrifices than it is the relationship. I've been doing officiating a lot of weddings lately, and that when when they're, the, the 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 bride's coming down the aisle, they're not thinking about all the sacrifices of all the things that they have to give up, and no, they're thinking I get the privilege to be in relationship with this person for the rest of my life. And from that, that love of, the, of being in relationship. Now, the giving up these sacrifices are easy. Why? Because I get the privilege to be in relationship with them. So the perspective is the relationship, not the sacrifices. The problem is for those of us that have been married a little while, we start thinking more about the sacrifices. And next thing you know, we start to not put perspective on the relationship. And here's what happens. We lose joy in the relationship. It's the same thing with God. We can walk with God and for a period of time to where we feel like, okay, yeah, we know the Bible and yeah, we, we know the scripture and yeah, we, we pray here. Yeah, we go to church and we can get so routine oriented that we can forget that the, the, the purpose of the routines is relationship. And so then here's what happens. We start to lose joy in the relationship because we're caught up in the works and not the relationship. Does that make sense? And so he says, joy to the world. It starts for us to understand. Joy comes from relationship with him. 
It says in the song, let every heart prepare him room. Let every heart prepare him room. We have to understand joy comes from relationship, but also we have to make room for that relationship. You have to make room. The scripture says in Luke chapter 2 and verse 7, very famous story of the Christmas story. It says, and she brought forth her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. There was no room. It's interesting because this is the birth of Jesus, and there's no room for Jesus in the end, and so they put him in a manger. And it's interesting because from the beginning of the birth of Jesus, the, the battle has always been making room for him. The battle has always been making room for him. We can get so busy with our lives. We can get so busy living for him that we can forget to be with him. We can get so busy with serving him and doing things for him and living like him that we can forget to make room for him in our day-to-day relationship with him in our lives. The battle's always been to make room. The scripture says, we just read it in Hebrews uh, chapter 13 and verse five, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Interesting, he says, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. It's a famous scripture we quote, but if you read the text right before this, it says, hey, keep your life free from the love of money and, from the, and learn to be content. Why? Because he knows the pursuit. Of, of us not being content. He knows the pursuit of more will cause us to become so busy that we'll forget he's with us. Now we're building on our own promotions. Now we're building on our own giftings. Now we're building on our own talents. And here's what happens. We lose all joy in life. There's not many things that snuff out joy more than busyness. We can get so busy wanting to be successful and trying to be successful that we're miserable people. God's never called us to be miserable people. He desires for us to live with joy. But if, and that comes through relationship. But if we don't create room for him to have relationship with him, we don't create space in our lives for him, we miss the very purpose of why we're doing what we're doing in the first place. It's always been, the battle has always been making room. It's interesting. I hardly ever see God reveal himself to me when I'm rushed. I hardly ever hear God's voice personally when I'm rushed. I don't usually get this incredible word out of the scripture when I got, okay, I got six minutes to read this chapter to make sure that I check the box that I read. I hardly ever, I don't, God rarely reveals himself. He will at times, but rarely does he reveal himself when we're rushed. What does that tell us? Tells us that we should be people that if we really wanna live a life filled with joy, that we gotta be people that make room for him in our lives. And here's the interesting thing. We're talking about joy and you know, we can see people in relationship with him and they're walking out in joy and we can be friends with them. We can know them. We could, we could be having conversations with them, but somebody else's life will not sustain us. Somebody else's joy will not sustain you. There's only so long you can be around somebody and their joy can sustain you. 
We have to have our own relationship with him that allows him to sustain us. Because again, it's great. You can motivate me. You, I can get around you. I could be down. I could be having a bad day. I can be frustrated. I could be, and you can come and you can build me up. You can encourage me. You can bring joy to my heart. You can motivate me. You can help me. You can lift my spirits. But there's only so long you can do that. We're meant to build each other up to put us back into the perspective of understanding. Now we got to go make room ourselves and our own lives for joy. And that comes through relationship with him. Does that make sense? The song says, joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. The Savior reigns. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3 says, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven, so he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited inherited it's is superior to theirs he's become more superior than the angels he was sat at the right hand of the father what does this show us it shows us that jesus reigns and here's what gives me joy so we're talking about we're talking about joy is something that's internal it comes through relationship well how do we walk out joy it's us remembering he reigns Meaning this, he has superior power over all things. He has authority over all things in our lives and on this planet. What does that tell us? It tells us that we're not in control. It gives me peace and it brings joy to know that I serve a God who is a master builder who is in control of my life. Why? Because I am not a master builder. And I hate to tell you, you ain't either. And we can lose our joy. Our joy can be snuffed out because this, we start to put our own lives and our own futures and our own finances and our own relationships in our own hands. Let me explain if you don't believe me. You ever been with somebody, for us a little older, maybe a while ago, you ever got into a relationship with somebody out of, in your own strength, in your own control? And anybody, anybody remember what it ended up like? Let me just remind you, it wasn't good. Why? Because we were never meant to live our lives in control. We were meant to be ones that say, God, we give up control. Jesus, take the wheel, if you will. We were meant to give up the control. And again, when we say this, we oftentimes can have this negative thought of, well, that means God's just trying to control me. No, he's not. What I'm saying is this, that we have joy because we know he is in control and he is a master builder and he knows the plans, he knows the future. And so we can rest, we can have this confidence of knowing, even though it may not be going the way that I want it to go, even though I haven't seen the things that I want to see in my life, even though I haven't reached the goals that I may have put in my own heart, I know that I can rest and be assured and be confident that God is going to take care of me. Why? Because he reigns. He reigns over all things. Oh, well, I've been praying for five years that God would open this door. And oh, I've been praying. I've been believing. I've been waiting. Well, continue to wait and pray. And don't let the time period cause you to lose your joy. Why? Because you know that he reigns and he is in control. When it's meant to happen, it will. 
He'll open the doors that he mean, he desires to open. And nothing snuffs out joy like taking control of our own lives and realizing we're not good at it. And it's a humbling thing. It gets us to the place in our lives where we say, you know what? I'm not good at this. I'm not, I'm not good at being in control of my own decisions. And I, well, what are you saying? You're saying like, are you saying that like you gotta let everybody else make decisions for you? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, as we walk with God in relationship with him, we have this joy that we understand that as we go to him, as we give and we surrender our lives to him, he allows us to walk in his plan, which will always be more fulfilling than our own. Does that make sense? The song says, let men, let, their, let men their songs employ while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy, repeat the sounding joy, repeat, repeat the sounding, sounding joy. Talking about joy today and how joy comes from relationship with him. You gotta make room for him in our lives to have relationship with him. And we gotta remember that he reigns over all things. He's in control and then, then here, I love it. It says, repeat the sounding joy. We have to continue to repeat our praise. Repeat our praise to him. The scripture says that the shepherds return in Luke chapter two and verse 20. The shepherds return glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. They returned to their fields glorifying and praising God. Psalms chapter 136 says, Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. His love endures forever. Do you know that in Psalms chapter 136, there's 26 verses. You may have to turn this mic up because I can't even hear myself. Psalms chapter 136, do you know there's 26 verses in that chapter? And do you know 26 times the writer says his love endures forever? He writes something, his love endures forever. Says something, his love endures forever. He says something, love endures forever. He says something, love endures forever. He says something, his love endures forever. He says something, his love endures forever. He says something, his love endures forever. That's only, that's only like 10 times. He says it 26 times in 26 verses. He's continually repeating himself. Why? Not because he doesn't feel like he's being heard. You ever in a conversation with somebody, you're talking with them, you're having a conversation, all of a sudden something in their phone vibrates, their watch vibrates, something happens, and like they're talking to you and they you kind of they kind of doze up. Next thing you know, they like, or they do this. Y'all you talk, they do this, and then here's what happens. They're like, they start to smirk at something that they're reading and you're having a conversation and they're like, oh, okay, what were you saying? And you got to repeat yourself. And so now you're a little frustrated, especially if you've been married for a while, you know what I'm saying? And you never listen to me. They say that women say like 70,000 words in a daytime. Guys say like 10 to 12,000. Women often say the reason why is because they got to repeat themselves, fellas. Not me, not me, maybe you, not me. Not me at all, never me. The writer here is not saying he has to repeat himself a bunch of times. He's saying this in a way of where it's on his heart. And so because it's on his heart, he continues to say it. 
Now, I'll say it this way to make you, to give you an example. And I'm not, I'm not getting into politics. I'm not getting into deals. I'm just going to talk to you about, okay, there was a, a big decision this week that was made by a certain committee that a certain team was not allowed into a certain place, okay? You, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about, I'm sure. I'm sure you have not heard anything about it. I'm sure you've not said anything about it, but I caught myself, just being honest, we're just having conversation. I caught myself on Sunday afternoon slash evening. I said the same thing like 50 times. Some of them were to the same person 20 times. I caught myself continuing to say the same thing. I'd stop for a second, I'd think about it, and I'd say something the same, and then I'd stop for a little while, and I'd be, I'd go back, I can't, I'd say something again. And it was interesting, I caught myself, I was repeating myself, and I didn't realize. Well, why? Because it was on my heart, and so because it was on my heart, it was just overflowing out of my mouth. It's the same thing with our praise. If praise is really in our hearts, we're gonna repeat ourselves. It's gonna continue to come out of us all day long. Something may happen at work. God, you're good. Something may happen in a relationship. God, you're good. Something may go on where something good or bad. God, you're good. All day, we're repeating our praise. Why? Because we understand it's in our hearts to honor him. And through it being in our hearts to honor him, it's an overflow out of us. Here's what happens. A repeated praise will always be a life filled with joy. A repeated praise is a life that will always be filled with joy. Why? Because we're reminding ourselves of who God is. It's shifting our perspective, but then also praises in our hearts. Does that make sense? So important that we understand that. Again, I'm not getting into politics. I wasn't even trying to talk about that. Okay, here we go. Romans chapter six. I lost some of y'all for the rest of the message, but that's okay. Romans chapter six and verse 10 says when he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God so that you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. The song says, no more let, no more let sins and sorrows grow. No more let sins and sorrows grow. We're talking about joy today, this confidence that we have, that we can have a, we have relationship with him because he chose to come and we have to make room for him to have relationship and we have to understand and know and have this confidence that he's in control and we have to be people that understand that we're continuing to repeat our praise and fills us with a heart filled with joy. But then also we know we have this confidence and joy of knowing that we've been redeemed. It says no more sin, no more let sin and sorrows grow. And Romans 6 said once he came and died once to break the power of sin over our lives. No longer is sin able and allowed to grow in our lives because Jesus came and he defeated sin and he's redeemed us. He's removed sin off of our lives. He's removed the penalty of sin off of our lives, but he also has redeemed us. The incredible thing about being redeemed is that now we may have lost our value, but now we've been redeemed and now our value has been restored. We've been redeemed. Now, the, the future, we may have damaged our future through the decisions we have made. He doesn't just remove that. He redeems us to now we have a future in him. He's redeemed us. And it's an incredible under a picture of understanding there's this confidence in knowing 
okay, God, you have removed my sin and you've redeemed me. So now I don't have to walk around in shame. I don't have to walk around in guilt. I don't have to walk around in condemnation. Why? Because that's not who I am anymore because you've, you've, you've saved me and you've forgiven me and you've redeemed me. And so now I'm a new creation in you. There's not many things on this planet that snuff out joy more than shame and guilt. Man, talk about a weight that we were never meant to carry. We were not created to carry the wilt, the wilt, the weight of guilt. We were not meant to carry the weight of shame. But yet oftentimes all of us, a lot of us, we can carry this for years because of something that has happened in the past or something that we've done or someone has done to us. I want you to know that God doesn't want your, your joy to be stolen. He desires for you to be filled with joy. And so here's what he does. He says, I've come to redeem you and redeem me so that we can walk in his fullness every day. We have been redeemed. It's kind of like this. Like you ever been, you ever, you ever wash the dishes? I don't know if y'all wash the dishes. College guys were praying for you. But you ever wash the dishes and you put them in the dishwasher and, 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 you, and you throw them in, you put your little de 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 detergent in, you kind of close the thing, you press the little buttons you want to press, you're good to go, you leave, you walk off, it makes all the noises it's supposed to make, you hear that it's finished, you go and open the, the dishwasher, you pull out the plates and you pull out the plates and you notice there's still gunk on the plate. Here's what I always say. Now, why in the world did I stick you in the dishwasher if you're not even gonna clean the thing? Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Anybody else? No, just me? Okay, cool. Y'all must have great dishwashers. Give me, give me a name, give me recommendations as you leave. You know what I'm saying? It's interesting because oftentimes this is how we walk around as Christians. We've been cleaned. We've been forgiven. We got a little bit of shine to us. But yet we're still carrying this, 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 this gunk in our lives and our hearts from something that's happened. And we feel like, well, this is just, it's what it is. It's just my life. It's just what I have to live with. It's just the, the cross that I guess I have to bear. And here's the thing about God. God never intended for you the cross to be a dishwasher for you. The cross was not a dishwasher. Here's what the cross was. The cross was now, I've made you new. You're an entirely new plate. Yes, he's washed our sins away. Of course he has, but not in the dishwasher term. That's how we can think. We can think, well, well, you know, I just need Jesus to do a little extra scrubbing, if you know what I'm saying. I'm, I had one of those past, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> And that's not the case at all. God throws that, that, that plate, he throws that into a, a sea of forgetfulness where you or no one else and himself can't remember. And he says, okay, now I'm making you a brand new plate filled and, re and revived and healed and restored and filled with joy. Now all I need you to do is make room for me so that we can continue to walk in this relationship together. We've been redeemed. 
This is the joy that we can receive. We can receive this confidence. Who cares what last year looked like? Who cares what 10 years ago looked like? Who cares? Now, I'm not saying you don't have to walk through consequences of sin. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying you don't have to walk through healing, through relationship hurts. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying, in our souls, we have been redeemed, and so now we are new. And so in our souls, even when the world is collapsing around us, even when our relationships are falling apart, in our soul, we can find joy in him. And I'll go a step further. I don't even wanna say find joy because that makes it seem like we gotta search for it and hope to find it. No, I'll say it this way. In our souls, we live with joy in him. So important that we understand this. The song says, as I close, it says, he rules the world with truth, truth and grace. He rules the world with truth and grace. We're talking about joy today and how joy comes through relationship with him, not through something we can receive on this planet, but the privilege that it is because he chose to come, die on a cross, rise again. We can now be in relationship with him. And from that, we have to make room for that relationship and we have to understand and give him the control of our lives. And from giving him control and this confidence that he is in control, we can live in joy. And as we live in joy, we repeat our praise because our heart is filled with praise and it's an overflow out of our hearts. And from that, we understand we've also been redeemed. And then also we know joy comes that understanding and believing that he rules this confidence that he rules. He reigns and he rules. He doesn't just reign. He doesn't just have superior power. He also rules, meaning this. He leads us and he guides us. He doesn't just have full authority. He has full authority, but then also he leads us to where he's calling us to live that life filled with joy. The Proverbs chapter three and verse five says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, submit to him, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. God's heart is to lead us. And oh, what a joy it is to follow Jesus. Oh, what a joy it is to follow Jesus. Oh, well, did you say there would be no problems? That's not what I'm saying. We live in a sinful world. We live in a broken world. We live in a world that is, 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 is patiently waiting for the second coming of Jesus. And so, yes, there'll, there'll be problems. There'll be issues. But that's not where joy comes from. Joy comes from us understanding that we have the privilege to be in relationship with him, the confidence to know that he rules, and the confidence to know that he reigns. Confident in knowing that he has all authority and he is in control, but then confident in knowing that he's leading me to a life that is fulfilled and is satisfied if I choose to allow him to lead. And I'll, I'll go a step further. We get gotten to the place in our culture where we think our feelings mean that's Jesus leading us. That's not the case at all. Jesus leading us is us saying, okay, God, I'm gonna choose to follow you and I'm gonna allow what my life looks like to look like what the word says it's supposed to look like. I'm giving up control. You have the, you have the, the power to, to, to rule. Yeah, it's a reign, yes, but God, I'm also allowing you to lead me to where you're calling me to. 
I'm allowing you to lead me to the position you want me in. I'm allowing you to lead me to the place that you desire for me to go. I'm allowing you to lead me into the relationships that you want me to be in. I'm giving you the reins, God, and I'm letting you lead me and guide me. I'm trusting that your ways, I'm submitting them to you. And as I do that, God, I know that you're gonna take care of me. You're gonna take care of us. And God, you're gonna continue to lead us to your fullness. Not many things snuff out joy like trying to lead our own lives. Not many things snuff out joy more than us being so busy and caught up that we don't even have the privilege and the opportunity to be in relationship with him. Not many things snuff out joy more than us saying we need to control everything in our lives and we're the ones that do it and it's ours, it's mine. It's Not many things snuff out joy more than saying, God, I got this. I'm going to lead my, my, my own way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a trailblazer, if you will. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of it. I got it. I'm good. But I'll say this. I believe this, that God's called all of us to live a life full of joy. And I'll say this. The Bible says in John 10, 10, the enemy comes to steal. I think one of the greatest ploys of the enemy, of our soul, is to steal our joy. And we were not meant, hear me, oh my gosh, we were not meant to live these minute, miserable, like trying to survive lives. No, you are a son or, or a daughter of the most high God if you choose to believe in him. You are a son or a daughter. I don't know any good parent that wants their child just to survive. And, oh, I just gotta make it one more week. Oh, no, no good parent does that. Here's what good parents do. Good parents say, I love you so much. I wanna make sure that your life is filled with joy. I want to see you smiling. I want to see you laughing. I want to see you satisfied with your life. Why? Because you love them. It's the same thing with God. He loves you so much that he desires for you to live a life of joy. And that's one of the reasons why he came to give us life and life more abundantly. And so, oh, what joy it is to know that we have the privilege to be in relationship with him. What joy it is to know that he's in control, that I don't have to try to play God for my own life, but that he's in control. Oh, what joy it is that I, I've been redeemed through all the stupid mistakes that I've made, that I've been redeemed, and I'm not, I'm not penalized for what I've said or done, but I'm a son or daughter because of what he chose to do. Oh, what joy it is that he's a God that leads me to life and life more abundantly. Don't allow, hear me, I'm closing. Don't allow the enemy to steal your joy. And sometimes the enemy will use normal life situations, not even demonic things to steal our joy. Things like busyness. Things like past. 
Things like just getting caught up in all the, the overwhelming things that we have going on and we get so overwhelmed and so anxious that we're just, our, all of our joy is gone. Listen, God is a God that is in control. We don't have to be anxious. We can give it to him and we can trust him and we can be confident in him that he is a good father that cares for you and I. And so let us walk out of this building our heads held high, not in a way of thinking that we're elitists, but in a way of knowing I'm filled with joy. I have the privilege to live a life of joy, all because Jesus chose to come. Joy to the world. He's a good God. Amen. Can we pray? God, I thank you so much.